Oh, hello and welcome to Tuesday. Yes, we are Tuesday afternoon. I should have put a, a snowstorm on there too because finally uh, the snow has come. Yes, because they talked about the storm of the century that was supposed allegedly to come here and hit us left, right, middle, and center. That's the case to say. And um, it was quite uh, funny uh, to... Uh, <laughs> To see nothing yesterday, it's like, really? That's the storm of the century and there is no snow, but you said it will start at 4 a.m. in the morning and go for the entire day, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, no, it did not. And we're smiling. I'm like, yeah, I think I always made an analogy. If you want to work somewhere and you never get fired, it would be at the weather channel or on TV. You announce the weather and you can explain, no, there was a... A, a warm front that came and that pushed it away and that got, you know, um, delayed. I'm like, yeah, that's the best excuse you can ever have. And I'm not picking on those, but I'm laughing because every single time they say something, everybody brace for it. And you're like, really? But there is nothing today at all. But yeah, it's starting now, actually. It's about time. <laughs> it's just... <laughs> it's like, yeah, where is the storm of the century? It's like, yeah, it's all brown outside. There is no snow. Well, now it's feeling out pretty good. And the pops, I must say, before I start my um, chat about, let's talk about business. I must say the pops, I enjoyed it. They run, I let them run out for a little bit uh, because they deserve it to run. I'm like, okay, today we're going to run. It's still five degrees, but... Um, they needed to go outside for a little bit, so they did. They had a lot of fun and let them loose. I'm not supposed to let them loose, but I did let them loose in the driveway, and they were just fine playing around. A little bit of snow doesn't hurt uh, the pop-up, so now everybody is back inside cozy, and I'm looking outside, and it's uh, let it snow. Let it snow. It's all white. Woo, pretty. And no, it must not even go in, on in there and fall again. We are not going to fall <laughs> into this snow this time now but it is finally uh snowing uh we finally got the storm of the century coming in it's about time i was a day late but that's all right freaked out everybody except me because i was like okay well when that happened that happened we always know that it's never on cue and it was 24 hours late i think another section of minnesota got hit yesterday but that was an ass that was an ass so they finally did finally arrived Thinking about it, it brings more uh, water, so when everything's going to thaw, then it will bring water to the earth, which will be like, okay, we're good, it is, is due diligence. So I don't have to drive, which is good, because that's very painful when you're on a highway and you, and you, you spend instead than 20 minutes, two or two and a half hours on the highway, and you're like, really, what's going on here? We don't know why we're slowing down, but something is not going right here, but I'm... I don't have it. I could have a traffic jam to go from the office to the kitchen, but that would be the dogs doing this, but that would be it. So, but let it snow. So now back to business. Cause like people are like, well, am I, it's not your regular sea show here. You're talking about business. So I started to do this, um, started last week actually, uh, to talk about it because working with small and medium, uh, companies and even startup, um, realizing a few things. We are very good at our skill sets. We are very good at maybe uh, making bread or maybe uh, doing uh, um, new devices 
or whatever we're creating, or a service. It could be even a service as a coach, as um, a lawyer, as, uh, um, I don't know, anything you wanted as a service um, that could be there as a nonprofit organization who helped children, whomever you're doing it. The problem is, is in most of the cases, one, not, not everybody has an MBA in marketing. Nope, not everybody does have, have that. Two, running a company, it takes a lot of element to do that. And when you've never been taught, and even if you've been taught, but if you've never done that, then it can be overwhelming. And let's say you're going to go and bake on the side uh, some wonderful pies and people are starting to buy it. And as you're doing it, more people, you know, words of mouth come along and you get more and more orders. So you're now going to be fully dedicated to make those. But it requires you... Uh, accountants, it requires you a lot of people around to help you because imagine you're doing it on your own, but at one point of time, you're going to have to focus on making more of those pies and less on looking at how everything else run around it and function into your um, business. And I worked in corporate for so long that, you know, knowing the I'm not going to say the trick of the trades, but observing how companies were changing and evolving and growing and maturing and what was their foundation. In most companies, uh, the smaller one, don't have the right foundation because they went on the fly. And you know what? I don't blame them because nobody teach them all of the intricate part of what they need to make make a good uh, foundation to start with. So when you're not... um, understanding everything how it works because again not everybody is teaching everything for everybody then you're going to learn the hard way and I uh, finally decided it was about time I finally wake up from her little uh, sleeping beauty here and decided to just said you know what it will be maybe time to talk about um, those essential points, and there is five ex- actually categories that people need to focus on and learn more about it because not everybody gave that. Those are very simple steps to follow that people don't even know at all. So I'm going to talk, I'm talking about it uh, every day. This is the things I'm going to do. I'm supposed to do at 2 p.m. Eastern time, but I'm like, well, I'm doing it a half an hour uh, earlier, which is fine. I got the time, so may as, well, may as well start earlier and talk about it because there is always great insight that can help people. Even if you're planning on studying your own business, utilize what I'm saying because one, it's free. <laughs> free is always good. And those are great insight that will help you. And they have been bulletproof, actually, because people are using it and that's how it's successful they become and make their life easier. You don't want to spend all of your time looking at how you're going to run your operation, doing all of the paperwork, doing everything, and struggling at the end of the day because you don't have the right path or the recipe you've got is missing an ingredient at the end of the day. So the, the first question is, is for most people, and most people are not familiarized with the 80-20 rules, which is basically for a business owner, it means 20% of um, of the day, every day, generate 80% of your total annual revenue. Only 20%. So imagine that the lady, that beautiful lady, we're going to call her Emma, who's making your pie, 
It's going to bake the pie. It's going to take me 20% to do that. But the rest of the time, I'm going to look at the pricing. I'm going to look at where to ship. I'm going to look at maintaining the records. I'm going to look at doing the deposit at the bank. I'm going to look at a lot of things that doesn't generate actually an income. It's just everything that I have to work behind the scene, which is true. So in other words, you are, not, you are only doing a few things daily that makes you most of your money, which is true. That, that's something we cannot say it's not, but it is true for small companies, especially when you don't have all of the things in places. So there are five areas that makes up, again, those 20%. And if you increase by a small incremental changes, it products, produces a very big result for you. It's the leads. So you need more leads because you, you want people to come and, and look at those pies and say, oh, yeah, I want to buy the pies because they are freaking good. And I'm like, oh, wow, that's awesome. I want to buy the pies. Okay, I want the pies to be shipped, actually, to where I live. So if you are in the East Coast, then they might say, oh, seems like those pies look good. I want to have one shipped to me because I want to try it. But again, you need more leads because if I don't know you exist, how I'm going to go and buy it. You need more conversion because if you have a product or service and people are looking at it, then you want more conversion, meaning you want more customers coming your way that will need that product. More transactions, higher prices, and more profits. Those are the five areas. So we're going to start with more leads. And uh, the formula for generating more leads is the market, the message, and the media. Very simple. Market, who is your target market? So for a tight company, they're looking for children. They're going to focus on the children. They're not going to focus on the parents because guess what? Who do you think is going to ask you for those toys? Is it going to be the parents? Nope. Then it's going to be the kids because the kids are going to see something and they're going to go and want it and they're going to cry about it and they're going to talk about it. They're going to pursue you. going to harass you to want the toys. They're going to... Fill your head with the toy they want. That's who the market is. So we're not focusing on the, on the parents. We're focusing on the children. It's the same with the box of cereal for children. Somebody made such a great analogy years ago and said, have you ever looked at the design on those boxes? And the way the design is, you look at those big fluffy eyes looking at the kid. And this is for the children. This is to attract them. You can release any kid into an aisle of cereal aisle. They're going to pick up the Cocoa Puff. They're going to pick up those brands and not the Kellogg's um, strawberry style, whatever it is. Because there is, no children, there is no cartoon on the front of it. There is nothing that will attract the kids. It's like, I don't want this. I want this one over there. Because this one... Yes, the one I want, there is a fluffy animal in there. There is, there is a design that is for me. So who is your target market? And the message, what is your market dominating position? And are you in a dominating position or not? That's another question. And what is the media you use? Where and how your message will be delivered? That's another question. So when you start a company, it can be extremely, I will say, overwhelming at the beginning because you need to think about this. The idea you've got will work. It will work. The service, whatever you want to create will work. But you have to use those formula to be able 
to generate your leads. Because if you don't have that, nobody's going to come to you. Unless, again, it's the word of mouth, but that's not going to be limited to your community when you can service the rest of the world. Think about it. So it's knowing your market first. Create a market-dominating position. That means eliminating price competition. And that's one thing that most business don't understand. Do not compare price to price. Most people do that. You have to have what we call, I said, um, a difference. You have to eliminate the price competition. Do not compare apples to apples because what am I doing? I'm going to go across the street, look out for the same product, and if it's 10 cents or a buck less, I'm buying right there because it's a comparison with price. We need to remove this. Use the conversion equation, and that I will talk about it in a minute. For the conversion equation, it's a very simple thing to do. And use a compelling offer. And is your campaign strategic or using tactics? That's another thing, too. So in order to do and have more conversion, more people coming in and said, okay, I'm, I'm a potential buyer. I'm going to convert to a buyer. I'm going to purchase your item. What do I need to do? Well, this is where the conversion equation came in. And I like what Bella said yesterday as well, because it has to do with quality. It has to do with, um, with the message you're sending. And here's the deal. You need to interrupt when you're using your headline. Because if you don't interrupt, when you're somebody look at it, your website, look at an ad, and you don't have anything that interrupt that, that stopped the person on the track and said, well, that's interesting. And they want to engage. That's the second rule. They're going to engage. They want to know more. And you have to engage in your sub-headline. Okay, you're telling me this, and you give me that headline. Okay, that sounds interesting. Now I want to know more. You need to educate you don't need to compare, oh, I'm better than Bob. No. Or oh, I'm a plumber, and I'm going to fix your leak. Okay, well, you're not teaching me anything because I know a plumber will fix the leak. Normally, that's what they do. I hope so. You're going to do that for me too. That's not what I need to know. I need you to inform me better. You need to educate me in order for me to say, okay, if Bob over there is the plumber, and he can fix the leak, he can do this, this, and that for me, he inform me and give me more information, then I, as a potential buyer, I'm going to make an educated decision. And I go straight to the offer. It must be compelling and so irresistible, your prospect can turn, turn it down. Not possible. And the goal of doing the interrupt, engage, educate, and offer, it's to stop the chatter in our brains. Because we're going to be comparing. We're going to be looking at something and say, okay, okay, that person do this, this, and that. Okay, I'm going to go to the next website and I say, okay, I'm seeing, I'm, I'm going to filter, you know, you do some search on the net and it's like, okay, I'm looking for a plumber. You get 10 that pops out. You're going to look at every single website. And you're going to look at the same thing they're saying. They're not educating us, but now... I'm comparing and saying, okay, how do I feel? Now I'm going to look at the price because the only thing I can compare is the price at this point. But if Bob educates me about what he's doing, then I know better. I'm like, okay, I'm more interested about him because now I know how he's going to do it. I know what he's using at products or whatever his deal is to inform me, to give me that information, that education, then I'm going to go there. It's the same if you go buy a car. 
if you buy a car, you're going to go into the market and looking at the car. And they say, well, I want a brand. I want that specific brand. But you need to be educated on why you're buying it. And you will make a better decision. So if you have two or three brands, you look at it and one educates you about safety, about uh, comfort, about something that related and said, oh, well, they did not, the others did not say that at all. But, you know, hey, we're driving great. Okay, well, I hope so. You're driving great. My engines work great. Okay, well, I'm glad because if I'm buying a car, it's not to have it standing in my driveway and do nothing. But they have to have an education, something that will educate us and said, Wow, that is interesting. That 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 I want to buy because that's what I'm looking as have a better education. That's what I do. I always done that, but it's like okay, now you need to translate to your own business how you're gonna do it. And the the secret to converting more leads is to create a compelling offer, because the future buyer, the benefits of ownership. Why should I buy? For the future buyers is, why should I buy? What is my objective here well you have to give me a reason if you have a great compelling offer and you educate me then i'm going to say whoa okay now i'm going to buy i'm going to go from the future buyer why should i buy to oh i'm going to buy this even if at the beginning i'm not interested or i wasn't even thinking to purchase something now you educated me you gave me that little tease i needed to know more i'm going to convert it directly to uh, become your customer. Now, the soon-to-buy buyer will be the simple question. Why should I not buy? Very simple. Why should I not buy it? What would be the reason for me to do not go and buy your product? That's very simple as well, but a lot of people don't think about it. It's like, okay, give me one reason. I should not go and buy your stuff. And there is only one, less than one person, actually, the people that are ready to buy. So imagine you get 99% people who are not yet ready to buy. But you can, by educating them, by giving them a great, compelling offer, will come and buy it. Now, the one that, the less than one person that are ready to buy, I'm ready to buy today. The only question they got is, who should I buy from? It's not why, it's not should I buy it now, it's who. They are done, ready to open their um, wallet and buy it. Now the question is who. Is it going to be me or is it going to be a competitor? And that's what makes a huge difference when you're doing this. It's a huge difference between Okay, I have an offer, I have something, but I'm comparing apples to apples and that's it. This is where you make the distinction, it's in there. So there is more transaction. That step to get more transaction is, uh, comes to in a different ways. You got um, the upselling and the cross-selling. I'm not going to talk about the down-selling, but I'm just going to tra- talk about the upselling and the cross-selling. So for upselling, it means offering a higher grade or quality or size of the item that the, cons- the customer may be interested in at the point when the customer is ready to buy. So I'm going to take a very example, a very simple example as well. And I could even talk about WellTT because I did the cross-sell and I did the bundling. But a very simple example from Walmart right now. I will talk about the dentist afterwards. 
if you go to Walmart and you go on the shelves, and I like to take the example of the soap, and you got a regular size soap, 34 ounce, and you got the super size soap, 64 ounce, and for a couple of bucks or a buck more, you get the bigger size. What do you think most people will do? They're going to go and upsell. I do that all the time, actually. I even compare the pricing. And I'm like, oh, but for 32 ounce, I get a, uh, three bucks for this. But for uh, 64, I'm getting two bucks more. That's when I'm saving money. But I'm buying it at a bigger size. Which, in reality, if you think about it, first of all, the price they're putting in there, uh, they're getting more money because for that price, it's probably cost them maybe two to three bucks to get that 64 ounce. So they're making more money and profit based on the one that I buy, thinking I'm saving money, which in fact, yeah, maybe do at some point, but they're making profit because I'm buying the bigger size. I'm not buying the smaller size. I want an upsell automatically. And they do it strategically, actually. Uh, when they're putting on a shelf, you can looking at it. I will talk about the bundle, which is about the same uh, process they are doing it, which is very interesting, actually. But I do that all the time. I'm looking at them like, hey, cool, I can have an upsell. I'm doing I'm getting I'm part of the consumer world. So, yes, they do upsell all the time. They do cross sales and upsells automatically. But think about uh, I'm going to take the example of a dentist. So what do you think uh, might happen if a dentist specifically target families without dental insurance and offer them virtually the same exact service as those with dental insurance, but without paying the expensive monthly premium. That's mean somebody without an insurance will go over there and just said, well, we're only going to clean your teeth for a copay from you of $25. Well, the person, everybody's going to come. I guess I said, well, you're covering this. That's awesome. Now their upsell comes down to the filling, the crowns, the dental, the braces, those are their upsell. And we know that some of us are going to need some of the work done no matter what. So this is where it comes to their upsells. So they bring people in by giving them a wonderful offer they cannot resist. You imagine you're reading this on the, and there is some dentists who are already doing it. You know, you read this on the, on the website or on an ad, say, hey, even if you don't have an insurance, then we cover, you know, you just do your, your copay will be $25. And you're like, whoa, that's awesome. So that don't cost me $100, $200, $300 to be here. And you do the same job, the same dental cleaning, but you only charge me $25. Everybody will come and knock at the door. Those are offers that are irresistible, that people will say, you will be a fool to pass that. Now, their upsell, because they know their services, their extra services will be their upsells because they know that the majority of people will need some work done. Not everybody, but they, some will. So that's what's the, the, the trick in there. It's the same as you go to for all change shop. They offer you a discount or, or a, what do you call it, a rebate, and you go there for maybe 10 bucks, you get your oil change, but... They're going to look at everything else. So if something else like your, your lights um, is not working or is burned, then this is where the upsells come in. They're going to change it for you at their pricing. That's their upsells right there. That's something a lot of people don't even think about to do it. 
And you can do this for services and you can do this for product and pies and everything you're, you want to sell. There is a way to do it, but people don't think about it. Now let's talk about the cross-sales. And a lot of people let a lot of money on the table with this one. And it's a very simple one to do, the cross-sell. It's not very complicated. A cross-sales means offering other product or services which complement the item the customer is interested in at the point when the customer is ready to buy. 34% of prospects will buy additional product or services at the time of their original purchase if they are asked to do so. So for a moment, and I was working with a bakery and I talked about it and I asked her and I said, do you do a cross-sales with your employee? Is every time somebody comes and buys something from your bakery, do you offer another uh, item? Do you offer something another? And no, and she said, no. We're, I do it once a while, but not all the time at all. And my employees, they don't. And I said, why not? And she said, I don't know. And I said, well, why don't you start to implement this? Because that's going to bring you about 50000 more dollars into your bank. In the entire year, you can make an average of $50,000 extra. And that's just in the uh, conservative side of it. You left 50 grand on the table just by not doing a cross-sell. And you're like, okay, think for a minute. Would you like with this pastry? Would you like this? With your bread, would you like that? And you're complimenting. People will say maybe yes, maybe no. Who knows what they would say? But you can try that. It doesn't hurt at all to do a cross-sell. And on the top of it, I asked her, I said, you know, in some grocery stores, and I don't know uh, everybody here doing it or not, but they used to do that, but they don't, I think, much. But the grocery stores, you always, I don't know if you realize when you go there, uh, they used to do it on Saturdays. Um, they, you had people who come and do samples. You have samplers. So people who come and pick up some, uh, some little samples of bread or it could be a little quiche or something like that. And to do the cross-sell, somebody comes and it's like, okay, I'm coming to the grocery store. I'm going to do my list, but hey, I'm smelling, I'm smelling something good here. I'm going to stop by. I'm going to have a conversation. I'm going to test one, maybe two, maybe three. Maybe I'm going to do my entire lunch with it. But you're like, okay, I'm going to buy a couple of those because that was awesome. That was good. I told her to do the same with her bakery. I said, why don't you have a little sample of your bread, even some of your pastries? I can guarantee when people are going to test it, they're going to buy it. And that's what happened. You get more sales by doing the sampler. You, you're doing this and you're helping because people are testing it. Doesn't hurt, doesn't hurt at all. An example for a restaurant, and I must say, I do that all of the time, so I'm guilty as much because the cross-sell, I always ask. So if a staff is instructed to bring an appetizer or wine cart to each table before the patron order and offer free individual samples, again, free the individual samples to increase sales of both offering, repeated at the end of each patron's meal by bringing the dessert cart around and give a very, you know, a simple, free sample of uh, each dessert to everyone at the table as a way to entice patrons to order dessert. The test and reciprocity instantly doubled the appetizers, wine, and dessert sales. Why wouldn't they? Seriously, why wouldn't they? The, rest the restaurant dramatically increases its order 
revenue by implementing an initial order of sales strategy with the wait staff. So you can do the same with uh, the upsells. They train the staff to describe the more expensive entries on the menu and give the patrons their personal recommendation. Most patrons go with the staff recommendation and this easily increase total revenue by 10 to 15%. Do you imagine 10 to 15% extra? That's awesome, isn't it? Now on this example, which is quite interesting because they use the more expensive entries. Um, we went uh, to dinner on last Saturday, and um, I always ask if I go to, and that's, you know, and that's why you relay on the staff, actually. I asked the, the staff, we, were, we knew which area we wanted to get, it was meat area. Um, and we asked them about a couple of them, especially me, uh, one, a specific one for me. And I asked uh, um, if the meat, if this one was good, blah, blah, blah. And he said, yeah, that would be pretty good. They are good steak, they are good this and good that. I'm like, okay, perfect. But I asked about the dish. And I smile in my head because that reminds me what I'm, what I'm uh, doing with people and how I help small companies. I'm like, yes, I'm doing um, a cross I'm doing an upsell at this point and a cross sales because I'm asking the staff and we all do it if you go somewhere and you have never been there you always ask them how is the food what would you recommend what is the best seller and generally people give you about two to three and uh, I ask them was what is their personal favorite dishes as well because you want to know uh, as well what their favorite dishes are and generally you know what when you try it on and you eat the, the, the food they recommend it's pretty good it's like, well, that was pretty good, and I, I appreciate the service, but I appreciate also the fact that um, the uh, waiter um, was, you know, giving me an honest feedback, quote-unquote, and gave me, you know, I enjoyed the dinner because they recommended something good. And I did, we did the same with the dessert. I asked the question, uh, same thing, I was looking at the uh, cheesecake and the grasshopper uh, pie, and he was very honest, and I appreciate it. He said, well, I'm not a huge fan of the mint. It's very good, but I love the cheesecake. I'm like, okay. I'm like, I wanted to go with the grasshopper. I'm like, okay, I'm going to go with the cheesecake. I'm like, why not? And the cheesecake was wonderful. You can see the picture on Instagram. By, by, by the way, I post them on Instagram with the other dessert. But it was just like, that is good. And at the end, it's like, wow, this is pretty cool. That was good food. I enjoyed it. It was good. They did their stuff. They did what they were supposed to do. They did the cross-sell. I, I, we, we bought more stuff. Uh, maybe at the end we were maybe not hungry for dessert, but we asked about it and we, bought the, we got the dessert. So that's one more added to the list. And that's what they do. That's what you got to do. It's like a cross-sell or an up-sales. And it's very simple to do. Another thing that companies don't realize is how to stop discounting madness by offering additional value through bundling. Bundling. Oh my God, this is a word that I love. Bundling product. Because bundling is a simple, uh, is simply the process of grouping together certain products to create packages, which are then sold to client. Creates an apples to orange comparison and removes price from the equation. Customer today shop by value, not price. And we in this society have been conditioned to think the price is everything. 
unfortunately, small business are lousy uh, at conveying their value proposition. That's why the price becomes the only value proposition left to consumers. Isn't it unbelievable when you think about it? If you're not capable to interrupt, to engage, to educate, then your offer goes down the drain because it's based on price. And what you need to stand out of the competition is to now make no comparison, meaning I'm going to bundle things. So if somebody from my competition area over there they're not going to do the bundle. They're going to sell their product, but they have a bundle. And their price is going to be different. But I'm a consumer. I'm going to look at your bundle. I'm going to say, this is pretty cool. This is apples right here. I'm going to go across the street, and you only have oranges. And your price? Yeah, doesn't sound too good at this point because I cannot compare any, anything. But however... I'm thinking about the little bundle across the street, and I say, I want that bundle because there is more stuff into it. I'm more interested about the value in there than the freaking price. And it is freaking true. The real key to success in marketing is to offer more value, value, not value, more value than your competition. It's the bottom line. Prospect consumer will pay twice the price if they believe they're receiving four times more the value. That is one of the things that has never been explained to any small startup or medium-sized businesses. Never. I have never heard in 20 plus years somebody coming up and telling me this. Never. Because they've never been educated on how to do things. The bundling is something we should all be doing. If you go to a salon and you're looking at uh, um, uh, pricing and they offer you a nice little bundle of product, you are more likely to buy those products than a single one of those products. Example, again, Walmart. You can find the upsell, the cross-sell, and the bundling in the same aisle. The example, uh, shampoo. Um, I bought some L'Oreal shampoo, I think. Yeah, I think it's L'Oreal. It doesn't matter whose brand it is, actually. And you get the shampoo sold individually. You get the conditioner sold individually. And you get the bundle sold together, both of them. The price on the bundle is a bit more expensive than the rest, but you're looking at it and say, this is a bundle. I get more for my, the price, and I go for the bundle. Unless I'm thinking like, well, I already got too many of those shampoo. I don't want the bundle, so I will take the single thing, even if that bites me because it looks like I'm paying more for this one compared to the other one who has two in there. But that's okay. That's my choice. Those are the bundles. Very simple. Look into your grocery stores. Not only Walt-T. I use Walmart because this is the most obvious one you can see because you upsell, you can see there is bigger size. You got, you got a lot of things in there that can show you. And look at your patterns. 
Are you buying the bundle one because you think you're saving more money, but you get more value into it? Or are you doing the upsells when you're looking at more into that bottle than the next one? We're all doing it, but we need to apply it to our own businesses as well. Do you realize the prospect will pay twice the price? Wow. And it's too bad because unfortunately, businesses in vain attempt to increase their value begin to offer discounts. And that's the worst thing you can do for your own business. And it destroys their margin. Did you know if some businesses discount their price by a mere 10%, they now have to sell 50% more just to break even? It's not even making profits, it's breaking even. That is horrible. So you have to sell more, which is even worse. But hey, everybody's doing discounts, so let's go and do it. No, do a bundling instead. The closely guarded secret that successful business don't want you to know is stop discounting. You need to stop the discount. Innovate your business so you offer more value than your competition even if that means increasing your price. When you discount your price, you lose the full value of every dollar you discount. Bundling increases the perceived value, so prospect buy more. I love to buy my bundle, people. I love when you come with a basket. I'm looking at it. I'm like, whoa, I got a bunch of things at Christmas here, people. I got more stuff in there. I'm going to buy the bundle. Because there is more value into it. And you're showing me that. I am not going to say no. I will not be that crazy. I'm going to look at the price and say, yeah, it is worth it for that price. And it will be a price increase. Yes, it will. But I'm going to buy it for it. I'm going to buy it because I see the value. So increasing price and profit. That's another um, thing we need to look at. Because more profits. There are two major ways to increase your overall profitability. Increase revenue or decrease your cost of doing business. Simply raise your price. Most small business haven't raised some, uh, their price forever. Some don't. And they're scared to death that any prices increase, no matter how small, will lead to mass exodus of their customers. Let's say you sell a widget for $100 and you decide to increase that price by 10%. So now you're selling it at 110 Will that small increase really lead to a loss of customers? Well, yeah, a few will leave, but they are most likely your biggest price shoppers that show no loyalty and patronage to your business. They will just go for the price. That's it. But even though there will be some customers' attrition, to what extent? Seriously. To what extent? The business is now making an additional $10, all in which is profits, which is a 33% profit increase. For this business to make $1,000 in profit selling their widget at $100 each, it will, they, will need to do to, <laughs> they will need to sell 33.3 widgets. But if you increase by 10%, you only have to sell 25 it's not that bad, isn't it? And you get more profits. That means that you just, you just break even at 25. When you're making it 25, you're breaking it 
even. This business will have to lose 25% of its customer over a measly 10% price increase. That is not going to happen. Maybe you're going to lose one or two along the way because they're going to say, whoa, I'm not, but the rest of the people will buy it. Of course, again, when you t <laughs> here's the key as well. When you do a test to, for price increase, don't go and gouge the people because you want to go in a small incremental scale. And that will make a huge difference because sometimes people get, well, we're going to add them 50% more. I'm like, no, no, 5 to 10% more will be plenty. We'll see. There simply is no faster or easier way to generate additional revenue, especially when you increase your price. So again, you don't have to gouge the, um, the, the consumer and your clients, but you just, the price should be reasonable and just testing it because we all have price increase we're going to have to do sooner or later because of, you have to remember, if you're making everything in a house, then there will be price increase on your raw material, whatever it is. It can be flowers or it can be um, plastic, whatever it is. So there is always an increase you're going to have to do no matter what. Otherwise, you're going to shrink your um, profit. And that's the problem with the, when you do discount. A lot of people don't realize that if that widget and I sell for $100, it costs me $70 to make it. If I do a 10 um, percent discount, then now my profit has been reduced. I only make uh, 20 bucks in profit, but my cost of making it still $70. That makes a huge difference right there. So you're not even breaking even unless you sell it more, but you want to sell it more to make profit, not to break even. That's why a price increase, even a slight one, can help bring more revenue to your company. So when you execute those strategies, uh, you're creating a system for your company that will generate a consistent large number of leads, conversions, and sales on an ongoing basis. And this will help to create a self-sustaining model that runs on its own without you having to be there yourself. Do you imagine the freedom, not only economic freedom, but the freedom of your time you're gaining. How many of you, if you're a small business owner, have spent countless hours to work behind the scene to get things done? If you can apply this, then you're going to save a lot of time for your own self. So family will be happy at the end of the day, actually, to see you at home and not in the office or on the road or doing something else that, you know, you don't spend time with them as well, but it takes time to set it up. So if someone owns a business building website, every time they deliver a website to a client, they have to go and find new clients. It's a never ending story for them. But when you execute these strategies, you will have a new order in your pipeline. Thanks to the compelling and powerful advertising coupled with a drip campaign, you will have even joint venture. And I'm not even talking about joint venture revenue either. It's when you're associated with, um, with the uh, uh, business that um, are not the competitor, by the way, because you don't want that, but that will basically uh, be along the line of what you're doing. Like for the bakery, I will um, explain this in a sec, what I did with her. So you will have up sales, down sales that I didn't talk about today, cross sales, 
Talking Place Daily, along with selling additional affiliate product and services to your customers. You will implement higher pricing that your customers will willingly pay you thanks to the higher perceived value you've created. And you will have lower costs that will add significant revenue to your bottom line. One thing that I did with her, I asked a very simple question as we were going through the process um, with her. And because as a business coach, you ask questions because you need to understand how companies work. Otherwise, otherwise it, how each company works. Let me specify this, because if you have a playbook, then you need to adapt the playbook based on what uh, the the owner of the company is, wants in their uh, business as well. Otherwise, it's never going to be successful. Now, what I asked her when I was talking with her is, you know, she's making bread. She's making pastries. But bread is one thing that most restaurants are not going to make. Generally, they will have somebody that will make it for them one of their um, suppliers. And I asked her, I said, okay, so do you have near you restaurant? She's like, yeah. I said, hmm, do you have near you bed and breakfast? And she's like, yeah. I said, have you ever thought to connect with them and not only do this, but do a joint venture in the same time as well, meaning you're not only selling your product, to them, for them, for their customers, their client, but you could advertise for them as well. She never thought about that. I'm like, really? That may be something you should think about it. A joint ventures doesn't hurt. It benefits everybody all the way around, including the, the customers. Why not? There is so many possibilities and things that people, again, People don't have a full understanding. The same with their website. I could talk about the website forever. I'm going to give an example. And even my website, you go on uh, um, cshow.com or even edgandintuitive.com or edgandintuitive.net or edg-associate.com. Yeah, and I have another one, but who cares about the other one? <laughs> It, you're looking at it and you're like, okay, they are cute, they are beautiful, they are like, whoa, those are great, they are very, they are not typical website. Let's put it this way. Images to me speak a lot. So I use a lot of images and beautiful from Shutterstock. But if you're looking at some of the website, mine don't have a compelling offer. Mine are for something else. I'm not selling anything in there. I'm just not doing this way. However, imagine you're looking for a plumber. And you're going to go search for the plumber. And you're going to look at every single website. And, oh, we can fix your leak. Oh, we can do this. Oh, we can do that. And in your mind, use that sentence. I hope so. Every time you read one of their tagline, well, I hope so you're doing it because you're a plumber. So you better to fix the leak. Oh, you can replace a pipe. Well, I hope so because you're the plumber and you're supposed to be doing this. Oh, you can do the drain. Well, I hope so too, because that's part of your job. But have you educated me? Have you interrupted me somewhere over the rainbow and want me to engage with you? No, not at all. Did you educate me on something then I don't know right now? No. So what do you think I'm going to do? I'm going to go to the next website. 
And I'm going to see what those guys have to say. And if I continue to say to the next website, I hope so you do that because that's your job, buddy. You're supposed to be a plumber doing this. But I hope so you're doing that too because that will worry me. Oh, I hope so too you're doing that because, wow, if you don't, you shouldn't be a plumber. But I, I have nothing that, again, rarely engage me and educate me. Isn't it? So at the end of the day, like we said, and like I said during, like we said, me and the universe <laughs> said right here, it will be based on price. And a lot of people in their websites don't have a compelling offer, don't have a, a tagline that's going to interrupt me, that's going to engage with me. The only thing I'm desperate because there is a leak in my house and I need to find somebody. So I'm going to look at the cheapest one. But I'm not, I don't have anything that's telling me, well, you should be paying 100 bucks for me because I am that freaking good. I can do this. I can do that. I can do a lot of things, but I'm using specific product. I'm explaining this. I'm going to educate you, Emma. So you, when you're looking at the website, just say, holy crap, this is who I need. Right here, right now. Look at every website you've got. Mine, I do know because mine do not do this. Mine do a different things than I wanted to do. But mine are there to educate, but I'm not selling at the end of the day. If you're looking at them, I'm not selling. Selling uh, because this one, two old blogs, the, the seashore doesn't sell anything because we bu I built it up um, for, for actually related to here and what we do on the seashore, like uh, the afternoon seashore. We got the show tonight with Dr. Goodman, so that's part of... Uh, the Seashore website, so people don't have to struggle to find all of the episodes. And I do know people, uh, we heard and great feedback from people who already listened already two to three times uh, some of his, the shows we have done so far. So this has a purpose, to be able to combine everything we've got into one place so nobody gets lost when we do the seashore because otherwise if you want to listen to the episode there is so many things under my profile it's like holy crap emma it's gonna take forever if i want to look at the show we got that week and i'm with dr um goodman i cannot find it but i can listen there over and over because no matter what even if i clean up this um my profile under under my profile I have them saved into my own podcast, into my own host. So that's the reason. But if I wanted to sell something, if I wanted to get the attention for people, then I will use this. And a lot of people, when they are looking at, um, um, and I've done that in the past, actually. I was looking at uh, website designers. I have a great one, actually. I actually love uh, Joe Field. But before I knew him, few years ago, I'm like, I don't want to put my website on Square or anything like that because I wanted to be in control of the website, meaning owning it and owning the content. When you uh, pay somebody like GoDaddy or um, um, Square, which is very easy. Those are great websites. Don't, don't take me uh, the wrong way on this one. I don't mind those. But here's the problem at the end of the day. The content in there is not yours. The design in there is not yours. And when you leave, you leave everything else behind. That was a problem for me because I'm like, no, if I'm creating my own website, I want to have it, to own it. I want to own everything from A to Z. And I want to be able to host it. So wherever I want it, 
to be a place for me to host it. So I decided to create my own website, to put it on my own host, which I do have, and that's not mine, me, quote unquote, it's side ground. And I got everything I needed, but I wanted to make sure that I can change it any given time. My only issue I had with like Square and other uh, company that designs website is I had no justification to spend 5,000 minimum dollars when I can spend maybe two, I did a calculation on how much did I spent, um, even the latest website, to be honest with you, if I had to do the calculation, it cost me maybe less than a hundred bucks. The seashore cost me less than a hundred dollars to make it and it's up and running and they got everything in there. And the reason is, is I don't look at them because they have a monthly fee on the top of it. Uh, and even if something is broken, I got the support of actually SiteGround if I need anything and talking with the expert if I needed it. But not only this, it was the fact that um, they will not respond right away. So if your website goes down, I'm like, if my website goes down, I'm like, oh, no, I'm not going to tell you. You're not going to give me a 24 hours turnaround because if I have clients who want to come in, if I have uh, potential customers, I want to make sure this is up and running like the way it's supposed to run. So that was my reason for me to do it. The other thing is, I did not like what their, um, the process they had that really, how I'm going to say that, minimized everything. They only have few theme. And for me, the theme were very important because I had an idea of how I wanted to have all of my website look like. So... I choose and pick and choose the theme. With those guys, you had, they say, what did they say to me? It was about two to three uh, theme, and that was it. So it was more like, uh, and it wasn't Square, by the way, um, that I'm talking about. Um, that was another website designer. I don't remember their names, actually, because that's so long. But it was very interesting to listen to them and say, well, they have maybe two or three options, and that was it. I'm like, I don't like it because it's like a factory thing. So basically what you did is you're going to clone the one you got before. You're going to switch whatever you want to put in there and put my name in there and charge me this huge amount of money. I'm like, no, that's not what I want. It's same with the pictures, same with everything. I'm like, no, I want to be in full control of this because this baby is mine and a reflection of who I am. So... When you do things like that with website, make sure um, you align yourself with something you really want. If you don't, then find a designer that can do that for you. Um, if you don't have any, just connect with me via, um, what do you call it, um, Instagram, because I do have a great website designers um, that do a fabulous job and they are not that expensive. But again, they really work with people. And the problem I had when I was looking at my website was this. The other thing is, in order to make a compelling offer, you need to have the right verbiage in there. And when you're working with some of those website designers, they're not marketing. Some are not. So they will put something that you have an idea about, but it's so far from how to attract my leads, how to, to bring more people into my website. That will be the biggest issue. Because you don't want to be like everybody else's. You need to make yourself, um, what we said, uh, the leader on, on, on the market position. You want to give the right message so it targets everybody uh, that you want to bring in. Your market dominating position is essential. 
And again, you don't have to spend thousand and thousand and thousand dollars on marketing. I have nothing against marketing um, companies, but the things I'd never wanted to do for me, based on my experience, was to spend thousands of dollars on a marketing company. And I talked to a couple of them, which I found it so interesting. I smiled at the end of the day. I'm like, really? When I interview them, well, they wanted the money for sure. You want a couple of thousand dollars. We're going to do this, this, and this for you. And I really, I say, what is the result of your um, mail campaign and everything? What is your result? Oh, well, it depends. I'm like, it depends on what? What is your percentage for a brand new company or an, uh, an existing company to get more leads? Is it 20%? Is it 50%? Is it 100%? Oh, it depends. Okay. Well, you're telling me this. That's mean... I'm telling you in which um, business, what my business is, but you're not capable to look at the industry where I'm in, in my region, in my city, in a state, and telling me what will be the percentage. That's a problem. So again, for me, it wasn't necessary for me to do it because I knew it would happen organically, which it did. And that would have been a waste of money. But when you do your marketing, you need to know the basics. And as I said, unless you have a freaking MBA in marketing, most people don't know. They don't understand that, okay, I'm starting a, a, a toy. Okay, so who is my target? Is it the uh, zero to two years? Is it teens that I'm targeting? Who am I targeting? Who is my audience? And from there... What is your marketing dominating uh, position? Because you need to attract. If you're creating a toy, you need to educate. You need to do things. It's like parents buying, you know, those toys for um, toddlers and babies to educate. Well, you need to explain what kind of education. Well, if you're using these toys, then your child will be able to spell. Uh, we'll start to read before you go to kindergarten. Okay, well, who would not buy this? If somebody's telling me that, I'm like looking at it, I'm like, really? Well, holy crap, I'm going to go buy this because I want my child to do that. But if I don't say anything, if I don't educate, how do you think I'm going to get more leads and I'm going to have customers? And this applies to everything. It doesn't apply only to the dentist. It doesn't apply to the restaurant. It applies everything, everywhere, every businesses. And a lot of people don't know that. That, to me, is the most interesting part of it because it's like, well, if you're not aware of it, if nobody is giving you those insights, how are you going to make more money? How are you going to make more profits and revenue and less struggling? Those are the simple formula that will help you. It's not rocket, quote-unquote, science. It's simple formula that will increase all of this, convert more people, bringing more revenue, you're bundling, you're doing joint venture, you cross sales, you're up sales. There is so much things you can do without doing any discount, but you have to do it the proper way. And a lot of people, and I talked, that's why I started this a week ago, well, it's more than a week ago I wanted to do it, except I didn't have all of my dogs together and I was so busy doing other things. So yes, I know, excuse, excuse, Emma. But for me, teaching this and sharing this is essential because when you know you have products, and I've seen great companies that have such great services, fabulous product, they're not even known around the block because they don't have that market-dominating position.
They don't, and they don't know how. And as I said, if you're looking everywhere, the way they're advertising, ad advertising thing is like, well, you know, in the, um, the um, TV came in 1945, I believe, so it was 1945. So the commercial were, until what, the 70s, the 60s, 70s, they were about three to four minutes, basically. So they were basically educating you for four minutes on TV. It was awesome. Then I went down to 60 seconds. And to the horror of everybody, then instead of explaining, you know, the product that would have been very difficult in 60 seconds, they come up with the slogan. They had a slogan. And if you're looking at it, they're still doing the slogan on TV. You don't remember what the company is, but you remember the slogan. It's like, oh, you're associating the slogan with the company, but do they sell something? You don't, most of the time, I'm like, I don't remember. The one that I love, actually, is the Budweiser, and I don't even drink beer at all. But the Budweiser, because I remember of the puppy, the pop-pops, and the horsey. It's like, that had nothing to do with, uh, with beer. <laughs> but that was, the, that was the one I remember. Every time I was thinking about Budweiser, is the pop-pop and the horsey. I'm like, oh, good Lord, they had the pop-pops and the horsey. That was awesome. But their slogan were different. That, that, the way they're doing things right now in 60 seconds is totally different. And people are thinking, oh, I'm going to put a slogan in there, and that's going to work. No. The slogan is a thing that's been done forever and ever. We need to get out of it and really put the right messages, not a slogan that, hey, well, that doesn't mean I'm going to buy your stuff. I'm going to remember that. I'm going to smile at it. That will be it. But that's, that's it. That doesn't mean I'm going to convert to a customer. So that's why I'm like, I'm going to come here until somebody's going to say, Emma, get out. We have enough of it. But seriously, if you want to start your business, if you already have a business, look at all of those areas and you will figure it out because it's bulletproof. This is what's going on. This is how company can bring their sales. And it helps a lot, especially with the Cov. I'm working with a lot of company, actually, that um, I'm helping to recover their leads and revenue from Cov, and they're recovering. Why? Because we are looking back at all of this on the top of what they want to do, and there is more to it. This is just the tip of the iceberg. But it's helping them to put them back on track because it's not that easy. And as I said, unless you have an MBA on everything and you're like, oh, my God, I'm ready to go in business, there is a lot of things we don't know. I don't know. I have my accountant and they're doing the, the accounting. I'm not even touching anything. They're doing all of this stuff and they're filing for the taxes, the IRS, or whatever they have to file. Because, sorry, I am not an expert at it. So I'm going to have an expert dealing with it. But when you're small and you're on your kitchen table and you're figuring out everything, it is overwhelming. So you're going to pick up stuff from others and what you saw. But unless you get somebody who already entered, already have a message, already is a market dominating and they're doing things and you can pick up, well, good luck with that because who tells you to bundle? Not, nobody that I know tells you to bundle or ups, upsell, cross-sell. No, or the last five minutes. I'm like, well, do it and practice every day and trust me. This will increase, increase your sales and your lead generation. There is a lot of things that are very simple to do that people don't know because it's a well-guarded secret. You know, it's the end of the world if we know that. I'm like, no, it's not. It's an education for everybody to know. And it helps at the end of the day. And innovation is another thing too. Innovate, create. And as I said, I saw a lot of things 
services and product that should be, my goodness, selling for millions and millions of dollars. But because of all of this, they have a hard time to take it off the ground. I don't want to spend seven days a week working on my business, which I do actually, but I do it because I do a lot of things, working on my business and not have my own family life. You know, work and balance. How funny is that when you're a homeowner, uh, when you're a homeowner too? But when you're a business owner, very funny to say that, but you have to juggle with everything. It's not like we do a nine to five job, not at all. So those are simple things that will um, provide the base and the basics, especially the website, especially the messaging. You know, there is a lot of things uh, that can be done and help those companies to be successful. But again, if people don't know, how do you do that? That's the, that's the biggest things for people. How do you do that if you don't know? If nobody ever taught you this? And, you know, um, make it very simple to understand, um, understanding um, um, how to change. Because in order to meet with your consumer, in order to do that, you and I've seen it in the past, actually, with home, uh, homeowner. Why do I want to say homeowner now? I'm like obsessed about a homeowner. No, Emma, it's not homeowners. To business owners, I have seen many times some people who are not coachable. Some people are not coachable because they have an idea on how they want to run their business. And that's okay. But they're not going to grow because there is some changes that needs to happen. And those changes are not going to turn upside down the company, but it's to make it better. But when you get people who are really open to do it and they take those small changes, it transforms their companies. It transforms them and their employees in such a positive way. It's awesome to see the transformation, the, the new way to do things that will help them to recoup all of that. So this is why it's so great to be able to do it. And that's why I'm teaching this um, on a daily basis, because I think it's essential for people to understand, even if you want, if you think about starting your own business, or if you know somebody who's struggling with their businesses, there is very simple way. And that's what I do. Very simple way to, to help them. I even have a, a, a little challenge, which is a kind of a fun challenge is to find, uh, any company, a minimum it's between 10,000 and over a hundred thousand depends on their revenue over a hundred thousand dollars in untapped revenue. And it's staggering when you show this to the business owner, their jaw dropped. I'm like, I cannot believe it. I'm like, yeah, if you do this simple thing, you're going to generate more revenue. If you do this, that will help you. It's very, very, very easy. But when you don't know, that makes it harder, especially when you're down on the, um, on the what do you call it? Uh, I forgot in English. I'm losing my words. That's awesome. <laughs> should stop to drink water. I think the Brita has something in there. I'm going to bl blame Brita and their uh, Brita and their, uh, what do you call it? Um, a bottle of water with their, uh, they have a filter in there. So I'm going to blame the filter for some reason. <laughs> There's something suspicious in the water, Emma. But when you're down on, on the ground doing all of the work, you can be overwhelmed. And it's very difficult to have a step back and look at it and say, what can I do? 
because you're always on a go. You're always looking at things. It's not, you know, the foundation you've got are not um, solid, basically, because you don't know. That's the hardest part. That's why teaching and explaining a few things. If you modify a little bit your website, if you do different things, that's not going to cost you thousands of dollars at the end of the day, but that will bring you the profits. It's like, why not? So for me, teaching this is an awakening for people because I have seen it too many times over and over and over. And it's like, no, there is an education that needs to be done that nobody is telling you. Very simple. Doesn't, you know, it doesn't need to be a brain surgeon to do some of the stuff on this one at all. It requires you some dedication and modifying some of the stuff we're doing to make it happen. That's all. Changing the pattern and bringing new patterns in. So that's why I'm teaching this every day. I'm going to come here on Wisdom every afternoon. And I'm going to do that because I've seen it too many times. And I'm working with different people right now from all across the U.S. And just helping them to recover, just helping them to modify some of their stuff. And you could see when they start to do this, it, to me, it's very, it's amazing to see how from the beginning and to where they are right now, how much changes and how much positivity it brings in their lives. That's awesome. It really shows them how the business grow. And, you know, we, I'm, I'm here and like a lot of people as well to help them succeed. It's not a question of, Ooh, Emma's going to get this and that. No, Emma, people don't know. People don't know I'm helping people. And I don't need to advertise that either and say, hey, I'm helping such and such. And I'm doing such and such. I'm like, no. The goal that I had when I, 20 plus years ago, when I started in the consulting world and um, even as a permanent, I have seen too many unfolding disaster asking myself and observing even the billion dollar company because some of the billion dollar company I'm like are you freaking kidding me what is wrong with you the only thing that some of those companies are still running is because of their sales inside it's such a chaos it's because their product are known then they're selling it they will not be their product they will not be here today but I'm looking at some of the stuff and I observed and I'm being curious so I looked at every aspect of how the company runs and going down to now the smaller companies, then you're looking at there is a lack of education because they don't know everything. You need to be everything and anything when you start your business. And it is overwhelming. And when your company starts to take off the ground, but you don't have those foundations, you don't have everything you need, this is where you become more overwhelmed because you're dropping one ball in the air, you're going to catch another one and throw it again, it becomes a monkey in a circus very easily. But having the help along the way has helped those companies to really get a plan and get going and follow that roadmap. That's what I do. I, I, I create that roadmap for them to follow that is tailored for them based on what they're doing and who they are. And those guys are succeeding because they follow that roadmap, that guidance that they did not have at the beginning because nobody taught them. As I said, anyone can create their own business, but there is a lot of things behind the scene that you have to do on a daily basis. Like we said, 80-20 rules, 20% of your time every day will make up 80% of your Yearly income, 
for your company. So you imagine that it's only 20%. So the rest of the time, which is 80%, is working behind the scene. So if you can stabilize everything, if you can run this and make it smooth for those 20%, that gives you more time. If you can automate things, if you can outsource things, that will save you even more time. There's a lot of things that a lot of people don't know. So that's why I like to talk about this topic, because for me, I have seen too many struggles. And when I started my business, I knew what I needed. Because I don't say I'm annoyed at all, but I have observed and I have inquiry about a lot of things. It doesn't mean that I know everything today and I'm done because I'm learning and learning even more stuff. And I'm still bringing those skill sets. I'm still learning from everybody around. But I knew what I needed as a foundation for my company. I did. So it made it easier for me when I set it up. I did not struggle because I got the content. I got the team that I needed around me. Yes, I built my own website because I decided so because I could not find anybody at that time that I could trust to do this. Now I do, but I did it um, uh, and I have my host. I had everything. So that was my choice. That was that was an Emma things. And plus, I love Shutterstock and the images. So why would I not miss this? Seriously, I don't want people to pick uh, pictures from me. Sorry, <laughs> I like my pictures. <laughs> I love my pictures, but it's just a matter of knowing your foundation. And as I said, if you, if you want to start your business, because you can, you have a great idea, then follow those steps. Those are not that difficult to do. Now, if you're not sure about things, then maybe you can reach out to me if you want to. It's up to you. I'm not selling anything. I'm just teaching something. Because for me, people should know. And when you start to realize those very simple four things and that this is the thing you need to remember on this one those are the only four things you need for an, uh, for the conversion equation which means i am going to convert a lead a potential customer to a customers the key is very simple you can write it down interrupt engage educate offer that's it because Again, at the end of the day, you will stop the chatter in the brain of the person who's looking at, because if you do all of this, even on your website, that's what it's all about, then, or on your ad, or on your offering, whatever you've got, on your pivot, on your, I don't know, whatever you're posting stuff, even on social media, interrupt, and it should be your, your headline, engage, should be your sub-headline, educate, information you need to provide that makes you a leader in your own field not comparing oh i'm better than bob because i'm like well good for you but uh, i don't think i want you because if you think you're better than bob you better to bring me the proof it's about what you what your product or your services is educate me about it and your offer very simple it is so compelling and so irresistible your prospect can turn it down Bundling, upsells, cross-sells, down-sells if you wanted to. Those are the very simple steps that nobody is teaching you because nobody wants to, to know the big secret. And that's the big secret. And do not discount. That's the other one. So this was my little chat for today. However, tonight, 7.30 p.m., 
Dr. Goodman will be in a house with us. So we're going to have a C-show, Tuesday night C-show, all about love. In this topic, I think a lot of people, even if you're single, it doesn't need you need to be married to listen to it. That would be a mistake, actually. I will say people who are single should be listening to tonight even more. It's about um, tools to communicate and how to communicate with your mate um, and with each other. And I can guarantee, and don't sue me for that, that if you're listening tonight, uh, even couples, even if you're married, engaged, whatever the deal is, then listen to it because that will be beneficial for everybody. But I think for people who are single or just got out of a relationship and it wasn't the best one ever, this will be a nice way to listen to those tools because the next relationship, if you follow those tools, will be successful. It's always about communication. So it's going to be fun to be uh, with Dr. Goodman and his beautiful wife, Denise, a.k.a. the boss, uh, to be uh, live with us and share all of those tools. It might be maybe um, part one um, of the show. I don't know yet uh, because there is so much to talk about that um, it will be, you know, uh, very interesting to uh, listen to what you got to say because this is a deep uh, subject as well. But I'm looking forward to talk um, to have Dr. Goodman and Dennis as co-host tonight because I'm excited, even though I'm a little tired this morning, but uh, this afternoon, we are now 1.46, Emma. Yeah, 1.46. It's going to be a long day, very long day here. But uh, no, it's going to be super interesting to listen to them. So if you, um, if you need to reach out to me behind the scene, you can always uh, connect with me via direct um, Instagram. Uh, because we cannot even put our emails address either, which we should actually. That would be a good point. But it's all about the business here on the afternoon with, um, with the seashore and with me. And I will be back tomorrow talking about the same thing here, about conversion, about the equation, about how do we run the business? How do we do things? Because seriously, if everybody in small businesses and medium-sized company, even startup, would have that recipe, trust me, everybody will be successful in being able to sell uh, their product and services more than around their area. There will be uh, a high demand. Because as I said, I've seen product, an amazing product that should be going up to the roof, skyrocket. And they don't take off the ground because of some of the stuff behind the scenes and the lack of leads, a.k.a. potential customer, or having a hard time to convert those uh, potential customers into buyers. So I wish everybody a beautiful uh, rest of the afternoon and we'll talk to you 7.30 Eastern Time for the Sea Show and All About Love with Dr. Goodman. Talk to you later. Bye.